0: Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of AV's Ripping Wax Packs podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Vaughn, coming to you from Searcy, Arkansas. Remember, this is the show where we rip open a random wax pack every week and discuss that year and brand of card along with the players in the pack that we open. Uh, We'll shout out some of your comments at times. Um, Sometimes we'll discuss some stories along the way. Uh, We might have an interview here and there. Um, and just spread the pure joy that is Ripping Open Wax Packs with you. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio. TuneIn, in and Google Podcasts. New episodes drop every Thursday. Our Twitter handle is at Ripping Wax Packs. Our email is rippingwaxpacks at gmail.com. Our Facebook page is Ripping Wax Packs. On YouTube, just type in AB's Ripping Wax Packs to see the portion of the podcast where we rip open the podcast or the pack from the podcast. Um, We're always looking to promote veterans' charities. As I say every week, please contact us through one of those outlets mentioned above uh, that I just mentioned. And um, we'd be happy to discuss a partnership. Um, We always wanna help veterans and their families any way we can. Um, This week, um, I appreciate the comments, likes, and shares. There was a lot of them. Um, Today, we're gonna get right to uh, discussing 1989 upper deck. That was the year that, of the random wax pack that I pulled. Um, this was a, um, landmark set. Um, I'm going to read a description that I found online. Um, and some of this will be my comments. Some of it will be straight from there. Um, the main card that we would be looking for today is everybody knows if they know cards at all would be the Ken Griffey Jr. Um, Upper Deck, number one rookie card, the uh, star rookie card. Um, that's the card of Upper Deck. It always has been. He was their front man, and they came through with getting the right guy there. Um, so reading this, um, it says the landmark 1989 Upper Deck Baseball is a one 800 an 800 card set released in two series. The first series known as the low numbers consists of the first 700 cards and was released to the hobby in April, 1989. Then the high number series, which has both the 700 low number cards plus an additional hundred cards was released in October. The cards feature slick paper stock. So this was so much better than the cards had been before. Um, there were full-color pictures on the front and the back, and they had a hologram on the reverse, on the side to protect to protect protect against counterfeiting because that was happening so much. Um, and when we open the pack, and then on the YouTube uh, part, you'll be able to see those, the hologram and and what the pack looks like. Um, subsets included the rookie stars, number one to twenty-seven. Uh, 1988 award winners 658 to 663, 1988 postseason highlights 664 to 667, and team checklists 668 to 693, which were painted by Vernon Wells Sr. and he was the father of uh, the future major league outfielder Vernon Wells. So if you heard of Vernon Wells, he's the his dad is the one that that painted the team checklists. So uh, pretty talented family there, I'd say, because uh, Vernon Wells is a good player. Um, 1989 Upper Deck is notable for card number one, as I said before, the star rookie of Ken Griffey Jr. Um, Other rookies in this set were Gary Sheffield, John Smoltz, Randy Johnson, um, and all like the Griffey were included in the star rookie subset. Um, And then Craig Biggio, he was another one that was a good rookie there. Um, Among the high series rookies that came out in the later high 701 to 800 um, number cards, were Tom Gordon, um, Steve Finley, Jim Abbott, and Omar Vizquel, um, and it says on here that collectors should note that many dealers consider that Upper Deck's planned production of a million cards of each player was increased, perhaps even doubled later in the year due to the explosion in popularity of the product. So their pop, their Upper Deck's first year was so popular, they're going to make a million cards of each player. But they, um, uh, it's kind of been estimated that they doubled that. Um, because everybody wanted these cards. Um, It says the more significant variations involving changed photos or changed type are listed. um, They have those listed down below here. Um, According to the company, the Dale Murphy reverse negative and Pat Sheridan no position cards were corrected very early. So the Dale Murphy card has him has him, you know, holding the bat like he's left-handed. It's and then if you have the correct version, it's it's um, he's right-handed because Dale Murphy was right-handed. So that was a reverse negative. And so there's two versions of those out there, and that Dale Murphy is pretty expensive. I was just looking at those, and the, those without being graded, it looks like they're going for a hundred bucks at least. Um, and then Pat Sheridan had a no position card. Um, There's also a a Gary Sheffield that on his star rookie had this shortstop was upside down. The SS was upside down, I believe. Um, And uh, those, those first two, the Pat Sheridan and the Dale Murphy, they were corrected early um, after only 2% of the cards had been produced. So that means it's tougher to find those. Um, The the Sheffield was corrected after 15% had been printed. Um, Gary Varsho, Mike Gallego, Gallego, and, um, Bill Schrader or Schroeder were corrected after 20%. And Brian Holton, Fred, Fred Manrique and Herm Winningham were corrected 30% of the way through. So, you know, if they, if they were corrected with, you know, only 2% of the cards made, it'd be tougher to find them. The ones with 30% are easier to find. So that, um, Dale Murphy's the one that's, that's worth the most, um, Cards with missing or duplicate holograms appear to be relatively common and are generally considered to be flawed copies that sell for substantial discounts. Um, So here's a little legacy of 1989 Upper Deck and the Ken Griffey Jr. Star Rookie. I didn't know this until I um, read through here and I was kind of studying over this. It says, in the 1989 Upper Deck baseball set, Ken Griffey Jr. was selected to be card number one. The decision to make Griffey Jr. the first card in the set was reached in late 1988. And I never knew this. This is crazy. Upper Deck employee Tom Geideman, he was still a teenager at the time, and who later on went to found football draft pick card producer Sage, S-A-G-E was the one who suggested the use of Griffey as card number one. Traditionally, Tops had a system for reserving various numbers in their sets, such as number one and multiples of 100, like, you know, 100, 200, 300, for the biggest stars in the game. So if you go back and look at top sets, usually those, the, those numbers were the bigger stars. Guideman, this guy, this teenager decided that a top prospect should be honored with the first card in the inaugural 1989 set. After reviewing Baseball America, Guideman narrowed the list of candidates to four. So here are the four that he came down to. It came down to Greg Jeffries, Gary Sheffield, Sandy Alomar Jr., and and Ken Griffey Jr. And since Guideman was a Mariners fan, Ken Griffey Jr. was chosen. It wasn't just because Jr. was supposed to be awesome, which he was, but they it could have been one of those other guys, and they picked Junior. So, and this guy was a teenager. I don't know who let him just be able to choose, but it's pretty amazing that he chose King Griffey Jr. Uh, it, said, it says, at press time, Griffey had not yet played a major league game, so Upper Deck used an image of Griffey in a San Bernardino Spirit uniform and used computers to make him appear as though he was in a Seattle uniform. So when you see that classic 89 Upper Deck Griffey rookie card, He's not really in the Seattle uniform. They use computers to make it look that way. He was in a minor league uniform. Um, The 89 Upper Deck Griffey is one of the most significant baseball cards ever produced. It's the 52 mantle of the post-Vintage era, is what they say on here. Unfortunately, unlike the 52 mantle, it's not all that scarce. The card was situated in the top left-hand corner of the uncut sheet and was more liable to be cut poorly or have its corners dinged. Company policy was that if a customer found a damaged card in its package, the company would replace it. Many Griffey cards were returned, and the result was that Upper Deck printed many uncut sheets of 100 cards of just Griffey. So there's so many of those out there. Um, according to PSA, the uh, authenticator, uh, the pro- professional sports authenticator that grades cards and different things, the 89 Upper Deck Ken Griffey Jr. is the most graded card of all time. Between PSA and Beckett Grading Services, which is also BGS, over 100,000 copies of that card have been slabbed or graded. Uh, the distribution of this set, both series um, were issued in 15 card, 36 pack boxes with a suggested retail price of. 99 cents a pack. So at that time, that was huge. I can remember getting 88 and 89 tops, you know, 35 cents, 40, maybe 50 cents, something like that. It says, although the market forced prices to the two to three and even $4 mark shortly after re- release, because people wanted them so much, because imagine then spending $4 for a pack of cards. Each high series pack contained two cards from the 100 card hide series, the cards 701 to 800, and the rest from the low series, 1 to 700. Um, And then there's a two inch in diameter team logo hologram sticker that is included in each pack. And you'll get to see one of those today. If you watch the YouTube um, when we bust the pack Um, two different factory sets were also issued one with all 800 cards and the other with just the hundred high number card uh, series cards. So, so the hundred high number is kind of like a, like the tops traded set. It would be new rookies and guys that maybe were traded. Um, or guys they needed to add to the set. 1989 Upper Deck, um, both packs and sets were issued exclusive exclusive to hobby outlets. Um, A few notes here. Um, Wax boxes and sets were not sealed and shrink wrap right out of the factory. However, some distributors distributors and dealers shrink wrapped wax boxes, sets, and cases to sell these as unsearched while increasing the price. Factory sets were sealed closed uh, using a clear round sticker on the flap. The practice of using shrink wrap with, with logos of the the issuing company didn't begin until the early 1990s. Because you have uh, you have a better chance of pulling a Griffey card from the low series pack, a low series wax sells for a premium over high series wax. And I'll just tell you, I got a the high series, which would have the less of a chance to get Griffey because he was the number one. So he'd be in those low series more. I just got a low series one for uh, around $300, so that means the low, uh, that was a high series, the low series, that means it's gonna go for way more than that because there's hopefully there's gonna be a Griffey in there. Although um, a story about those that I just thought of that kind of came to my head here uh, was that I know some dealers and this is unscrupulous, but they would find out where which pack had the Griffey and a lot of times the Griffey was in the same pack in the boxes, so they'd find that one and since they weren't, since the boxes were not sealed, they'd find that pack, replace it with another one. They'd open, they'd get a case and get all the Griffys out, and then they'd sell those Griffys for I don't know. At the time, it was probably a hundred dollars or fifty bucks or a hundred bucks just for a a Griffy. And then they'd sell the box for a lot of money. And they knew a Griffy wasn't in there because they had already got them all out of there, which is terrible. I I just can't imagine doing that. i I'd, I'd feel so guilty, but. I know people for a fact that did that and some of them felt bad about it and some of them did not. They're like, Hey, you know, this is our job and we're going to make money while we can. So just depends on what kind of honest or dishonest person that was selling those. So now to the part where we ripped the wax pack, uh, 1989 Donra or uh, 1989 upper deck wax pack here. Um, and I know they're a little different. They were uh, more tamper proof. Now they weren't just using the wax fold over pack so um here's what they look like and this was different at that time so this was a this was a whole change for the whole uh card industry at that time so here's a 1989 upper deck pack um you notice the back they have them you know sealed in a different way it's just tougher to um, tamper with them it says um major league baseball the collector's choice 3d team logo holograms and baseball cards 1989 and it says, win 1952 Mickey Mantle card worth thousands of dollars. See back for details. So they have that um, contest going on there. And I'm before I open this, I'm going to um, pull the name to get the cards. And it's any name that's been in there um, for any tweet or comment or like or anything like that. So let me pick down here. I got Brian Harmon. So that's my buddy with the tweet. Um, he had a, or a, uh, not a tweet. He had a, he texted me about this. Um, he's the one that said I had my YouTube comments turned off. So Brian Harmon, I'll get a hold of you and I'll send you your pack, um, here. And if I get the Griffey, you won't get the Griffey. That'll be mine, but I'll give you the rest of it. And then I'll give you the rest of the cards that are not the big dogs like Griffey. And then I'll give you another pack or two, probably a couple packs. I'll send you in the mail if you want them. You can give them to your kids if you don't want them, Brian. Um, so there's the pack. Um, we're going to go ahead and open it. It says on the back, um, guess the score of the 1989 nine all-star game played at Anaheim stadium, July 11th. And the winner drawn from the correct entries that on the day following the game. Um, and it says there's really no purchase necessary, but that's the mantle card contest. So if you get, um, somehow doing that, you'd win a mantle car, I guess, a rookie 852 tops, I guess. um, I think it says let me see yeah 52 mantle card so have to be the tops that could be a bowman i guess but it's probably tops um it's 52 it's weird that upper deck do that does that because they didn't have cards then so i'm opening this up and we're hoping that we get the Griffey. probably not because those are all picked through and everybody knew the packs it seemed back then so these are cool looking cards so this was never done before i don't think this big but you can see down the side, it looked like the, a baseline in baseball. It's pretty cool. It looked like a baseline. And this is Jose leaned. And, and then they had a color, um, color picture. And it said up there on the top, um, on the right side, your left there, has their position. And then the back has a full-colored picture too, which is pretty cool. And it looks like they have most of their stats on there. I think he was just a rookie in like 87, so... Um, yeah, and it gives a little um, tidbit about them on the bottom of the card too. So we got Jose Lane, we have Bob Stanley. Van Snyder, this is a star rookie. So here's what the star rookies like. So if you find a, a Griffey, it's going to have that star rookie right there. And then this obviously is going to be Griffey. Um, on the star rookies, they do not have another picture on there. It talks about the star rookie. And give some information about them and their minor league or their high school or whatever they want to tell us, I guess. So that's what the rookie star rookies look like: Gary Reedus, Dave Leaper or Liper or Lip Leaper. I'm not sure. Okay, here's the little two inch in diameter um, hologram thing. And this is a Dodgers one. So those are pretty cool. I just remember putting these, get, I bought these, I didn't buy a ton cause they were pretty expensive then, but, um, the cards were, you know, they're one to two to $3 a pack. I'd put these in the, in the little shoebox all together. Just, I'm like, Oh, what do I have these things for? But they're still pretty cool looking. Okay. Next. Whew. I want that Griffy. It'd be awesome. Darren Jackson. Hall of Famer here, Dave Winfield. And there's another one. Hey, the Cincinnati Reds, the old red legs, one of those holograms. Next, we have Roberto Alomar. Roberto Alomar. I'm thinking this is, you know, obviously it's his first upper deck card, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's his rookie card, too. Roberto Alomar. Uh, here's another Rookies card. So it was in the top. It's number six, Rolando Rooms. See, it says Rookies right there. Oh, yeah, and I forgot to show everybody. I'll show you. See, that it's got this little hologram right here. This was really hard to, um, you know, fake the card if, since that little hologram was on there. They did that in a special way. And I'm sure over the years they've uh, tried to figure that out, and some people probably have. Here's another one. Here's another one another rookie so since we're getting all these star rookies which were only the first you know i don't know 30 cards of the set or whatever i said before um i'm probably not going to get a Griffey since there's already three of these but it's cool that you're getting there and we're getting the rookies and i just noticed on that little hologram thing it says upper deck along it it says upper deck it's hard to see it but it says upper deck next jeff montgomery Tom Brookens, we got three more cards. I'm trying to go really slowly as I turn them. I know it's not taking me long, but as I look through them, Mike Scott. He's a great pitcher. All right, we have another rookie. So I've gotten like three or four of those star rookies. So we're definitely not going to get a Griffey in the last card. So there is David West, star rookie. And then Oral Hershiser, Good card. Great, great uh, pitcher. Great pitcher. So that was our 1989 um, Upper Deck Pack. And um, this is the part of the YouTube um, video that we will sign off the YouTube and get back to the podcast. Thanks for watching if you're on YouTube. So that's the podcast, um, Ripping Wax Pack 1989 Upper Deck. And um, appreciate you, um, again, tuning in. Um, Remember, you can contact us uh, in the following ways. Uh, The Twitter handle is at Ripping Wax Packs. Uh, the email is rippingwaxpacks at gmail.com. The Facebook page is Ripping Wax Packs. Uh, remember on YouTube, just type in AV's Ripping Wax Packs and you'll see the part of the podcast where we rip open the pack from the podcast. Remember, we're always looking to promote veterans charities, so get a hold of us about that. Uh, This has been AV's Ripping Wax Packs podcast. This is Aaron Vaughn. Thanking you for tuning in. Have fun, be safe, love one another, and keep God first in your life. Have a good one.